Hi, I'm Ann Jensen coming to you from the East Coast of New Jersey. Hi, I'm Skylar West coming to you from the West Coast of Canada. We are two romance writers using our life experiences to break down and share with you all things romance. How you find your next book boyfriend, discovering genres and tropes, and looking at what works and why, and what doesn't work and why. This week on Coast to Coast Romance, we're talking relationship trope. We've been discussing tropes over the last few sessions. This category of tropes has to do with how your two main characters meet. Excellent. That's exciting. That's one of my favorite tropes. Yeah. One of the things that I like about the relationship trope is, is that you can throw a hodgepodge of tropes into a book, but the relationship trope is one where there's one, like, I mean, I guess technically you could have... No, no, you, you have one relationship trope. So how they met and, and everything like that, they can only meet once unless I guess there's amnesia in the story or something. <laughs> well, that's, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. How do they meet um, is incredibly powerful and it's fueled things like the famous Romeo and Juliet stories. Yes. So I think it's a great trope to talk about. And we have a list of specifics that we would come across in romance genre. And the first one is the bachelor auction, the healthy, sorry, not the healthy, or he could be healthy. (laughs) Hopefully he's healthy, definitely wealthy, handsome hero who wins a date or a dare or a bet. Yeah. And I think this is, I've seen both bachelor and bachelorette uh, auctions done in books, but I think the bachelor auction is a lot more popular because it's a situation in which the roles are kind of reversed, at least for the moment. Yes, absolutely. She's yep. buying a night with a hot, sexy man. And I've read a couple where it was usually the guy is <sighs> forced to do it by his mom or his aunt or, you know, for right. charity. For a good cause. Or, you know, for yeah. a good cause. Yeah. And then, so uh, when the, the wealthy lawyer, you know, or the aristocracy, aristocracy, someone in England, you know, someone who's part of the, the higher ups. And it's fun. I actually have in school, we used to have, we called it the slave auction, which is, you know, not <laughs> something that would get passed now, but this was the eighties. And, and so you could, so it was a way for the grade twelves to raise money for grad. And so they would basically, you know, waltz across the stage and do silly things. And, and you're supposed to come to school with money and you would bid. Well, I was planning some revenge. <laughs> And I said to my mom, look, I need some serious coinage because these two guys are both popular and I plan on winning. (laughs) So she's killing herself. She's like, okay. So she gave me a hundred bucks, which uh, was a lot for a grade eight kid back in the eighties to have. But, and I didn't tell anybody I had it. Slave auction comes up. First guy starts walking across the stage and, you know, their bids are like you know, two bucks or three bucks. And I say, you know, 25 bucks and everyone turns around and looks at me. <laughs> <laughs> and so he was one of the star basketball players. So I did win the bet and I, I bought him for the day and his I put him in a dress and made him piggyback me to all of my classes. <laughs> <laughs> and his best friend, who was much smaller, had to carry my books follow us around like a puppy and uh yeah it was revenge uh, well it was... mistress oh yeah <laughs> when i think about it now it's like hmm what's i like setting myself up for <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah it was uh it was quite funny i i actually have a photo 
<laughs> and, and you know what's funny is we had something so it wasn't called the slave auction but we we had something <laughs> <Probably> similar <good. laughs> but it was for a charity but it was you know all the cheerleaders and football players sure and, you know all that going up for the popular kids and and I, I I have to admit I did not bid on anyone, but I do remember that happening at my school. <laughs> oh, good! So it wasn't just me. That's that's a relief. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they were. It was just great. Yeah, I think the only slave auctions now happen in uh, BDSM books. So. <laughs> <laughs> Where they belong. The whole oh. blacklight roulette. Yeah. Or, yeah. Series. Love that. Love that series. Yeah. Okay. So best friend's brother. Yeah. Forbidden love that must hide their feelings, her feelings for him. I've read that a few times and it was done quite well. I've read it done well. I've read it done annoying. It's more the, I like it better when they were both attracted for a long time, but both didn't act on it. Or it's a situation where it was like the little sister, the little brother crushing on the well and that's interesting you say that because netflix came out with a movie a couple of years ago called the kissing booth and i don't know if your kids have seen it but my daughter and her girlfriends have all seen it and then they came out with kissing booth two and the third one's coming out this august and what it is is this girl and her best friend's a guy they Mm -hmm. grew up being buddies but she always had a crush on the older brother never said anything and we find out through watching him that he actually had always liked her too right. and had never said anything. Uh, so, and it's, uh, it's adorable. Like it's one of those. Yeah. I like those, or I like the one where it's the age gap was like, say six, seven years. So completely untenable. And until they're older, until they're older. And yeah. uh, I've seen it done where like the brother and his best friend join the military and they go away for like 10 years. Right. And then they come back and the best friend hasn't seen the sister in and all of a sudden it's like oh oh dang girl you got a body <laughs> but you kind of need that separation yes for, yeah, it, for that to really be believable it, absolutely because i mean i mean one could arguably say even within that context that did they not come home at christmas and yet and did they not have leave at any point right right but i like the 10-year gaps and i or you know whatever Mm-hmm. A gap of time as well. I think they're entertaining because you get to see that. So from the character perspective, you get to see that male POV or whatever for the first time through different eyes. Yeah. And it also it also works very well for shorter stories. Yes. Because you have the implicit, they know each other. They, you know, they. There's an assumed history. There's an assumed history. There's an assumed affection yeah, even if it isn't love, so it allows you to write just the, the the meat of or the absolutely yeah for sure you get to jump right to the dessert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I'll be looking for one of those on my Kindle later. Uh, oh, <laughs> I need a dessert book. Uh, all uh, right, blind date. Oh, you know what? I I know it's not. I actually I don't know that it's not, but I'm assuming it's, it has never been a book. But I think you've got mail. Did you ever see that with Meg Ryan? I did. I did. I oh did. my gosh! Mm-hmm. A neat one that was done by Vanessa Brooks is called "Bought by the Buccaneer." Okay. And this was kind of neat because what the story opens up with this woman running away from her brother. It's it's a uh, period piece. Right. So maybe the Edwardian period. So it's a period piece where 
women who are their own by their family. They mm-hmm. don't have, they're not independent. She's supposed to get married and she doesn't want to get married. And so when en route to meeting her, her groom, right, she decides to take off. So she runs through a market, uh, escaping her brother with plans to, well, she doesn't really have a plan. She just doesn't want to continue the journey. And she gets, she gets captured and sold it, ironically, a slave auction. And so now she's panicking, hoping her brother will find her. And of course he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And she gets taken by this uh, pirate captain. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just, it's a riot. I love it. But it turns out that it's actually her groom. <laughs> and he has stolen her under the, the pretext of something else because he wants to see what she's really like. That's cool. And it, it was adorable. And of course, they end up falling in love and it's an HEA, like all romance books are. But um, yeah, I, she did a great I job. I don't know if I'd call that a blind date, more like a blind kidnapping. <laughs> But, you know, um, I, I, can, I read, a, I wish I, I should have looked up the name of the book, but I read a book recently where it was a blind date in one of those dark restaurants. Oh, I love those. And so it was, it was like, you were supposed to, now mind you, I'm going to state for the record that I hate any mess that has to do with food. So the idea of having to eat in the dark just does not appeal to me. Right. But I liked the concept of this. It was, it was basically a dating agency had set up a bunch of blind dates and you didn't get to see your date until the date was over. So you have to get to know them as people before you you get get to to see what they look like people brilliant the twist on this particular one was the guy got sat with someone who he did not connect at all with and the people at the table next to him like he connected with him but they ended up not actually getting to see each other and then like the voices later triggered uh of course you know. How interesting using your different senses to connect. So it was on. very interesting and a, a well done book, but it was just a true blind date. Like I loved it in a book. No interest in it really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's see. The dating game. Online dating. Is, I guess if we include the dating game as hookup app meet friends apps like all of it where you get matched to someone by certain profile or credentials credentials specs or yeah specs. well that's uh that again uh, sorry it's a movie but must love dogs yes <sighs> perfect example i love that show but it has two great actors in it but yeah they're being connected by an app or a series of questions or, or something like that i again maybe this is something like i love this in a i love this in a in a book i met my husband on a dating app really i I did. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. Sorry. I know I a was... lot of losers on David <laughs> Oh, well, you have to. Yeah, there's a lot of weeds to weed through. That's for sure. I don't think I would ever do it again. Oh, God. Now, in my 40s, I'm sorry, I should not be having the. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going in life, you know? Right? I'm just like, I'm like, you're 46. You yeah. should know where you're going because <laughs> your life's half over. <laughs> Okay, I know. All right, so this is this is about romance books, not our romance. I get it. I know I should not be bitter like this, but oof, like it's awesome. Some at some point we'll have to do a side podcast with like I have some dating stories. <laughs> no kidding, that's great. Uh, oh yeah, I, I have some stories too. We'll have to share those on one one of those for snuck sure. Snuck out of a movie theater bathroom. Nice. Okay, it had two doors. <laughs> Like, window bathroom well it, i didn't go out a window i will say that it, oh, it had did. two doors 
And I, I didn't initially intend to ditch him that way because he walked me to the bathroom and I went in the bathroom and I didn't think about it. And I went out the other door and realized I was in the side hallway and I was like, this is for the best. <laughs> it's meant to be. Oh, you're so romantic. Oh, sorry. How do you do it? Okay, so let's go on to enemies to lovers. We'll leave the dating game behind. Ex mercenary (laughs) military guy to magically show up on his motorcycle. (laughs) Ooh, now we're talking. Enemies to lovers. Love and hate this. Love and hate this. Like, and I think that's true of most people. Well, and I think a lot of it depends on how the female POV is betrayed. Yeah. Because portrayed, not betrayed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just want to clarify that because. As an example, Vanessa Brooks does the masterful, masterful husband series, and her, and even though it's a, again a, a historical, she does this brilliant job of having these strong women. So I, I personally find that if the women are, if they're too weak or they're so damaged, I don't know. It's like some writers will present them as being just carpets, and so I have an issue with with that. And the enemies to lovers story. Yeah. And well, I think, and you know what we didn't have in here? Bully romance. And and that's on the same enemies to lovers. I think the reason that people enjoy enemies to lovers is because they love that wit. They love that spark. They love that push pull. Yes. That will ignite into fireworks rather than a gentle burn. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, They're looking for some pop and some sizzle. And there are people who love bully romance it's not my thing unless it unless it has to do with like say a humiliation kink or something but and like you know like unless they enjoy being bullied i'm just like no i love myself a good fiction book where someone overcomes a bully or overcomes a or they end up you know getting the nerdy hot guy who magically transforms into a bodybuilder with a six pack so much fun isn't it and the bully at the school reunion has a pot belly you know like oh yes. okay yeah there i you know i'm there for yes. that <laughs> absolutely yeah that's fun but again i also don't I, I bully romance is really more popular with ya and i don't yes. read a lot of ya romance well i also find that um oh is it teal swan that does that series it's the it's the wealth the wealthies in england in London and they're all in upper echelons of school and then they carry on to college, but they see each other at all the social functions because they're all of the same financial status. And so there's this tremendous push pull, like you said, Yeah. but there's in, and the backstory for all of these particular characters are that mothers have left or parents have died or there's, and nothing's ever been addressed. No one's ever right. talked about it. And that seems to be a real strong backstory for a lot of these types of stories. The bully story, right? Is yeah. that there's emotional damage, PTSD, things that have never been dealt with, and it charges how they respond to other people. Yeah. And I I had a couple months ago, someone, someone recommended Punk 57 to me hmm. because I had said that I was not a fan of bully romance. Punk 57 by, uh, I think it's Nullipede. Douglas, I think, is an example of reading, of writing that is so good, it will suck you in even if you are absolutely horrified by the content. Nice. I can't say that I enjoyed the story. Okay. Because I I felt dirty when I was done. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I, I can't say that I recommend the book because, like I said, I felt dirty when I was done. 
Yeah. But what I can say is that even though I was horrified by the storyline and wanted to hire a hitman to take out the male lead. Wow. I continued to need to read the next page. Interesting. That's very strong reaction. So, you know, I will give props. Like I said, I may not like the genre. I may not like the trope. I may not like the whatever, but I can say well done. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. They've written a, a good book, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's a really good point. And because I mean, how many times I, I can't tell you I've where I've read a really well written book and then I'll read the reviews or I'll read the reviews and then the book. And there's always somebody in there who has really no complaint other than they didn't like it and they give them a bad rating. And it's like, well, hang on a second. You've already um, said it was well written. Yeah. And by not like it, they mean they didn't agree with the storyline. <laughs> Right, right. So they're going to instead cast a, a low rating on a book that really yeah. doesn't deserve it. And I know as an author and a reader, I find that frustrating. Yeah, no. And I think you've gotten the reviews. I know I've gotten reviews. I, I think my favorite is like, I would have given this five stars if it wasn't for all the public sex. I was like, thank you for writing that review because that's just gold. Like, I'm just gonna like, even though it was three stars, you know, it's like... <laughs> Like, but yeah, it's like when someone says well written, but the character shouldn't have done this, or well written, but it, you know, uh, yeah, we're talking what reality adjacent, my favorite phrase, yes. you know, where they're like, your motorcycle club is unrealistic. It's like, but the book was well written. <laughs> Right. And it's I was like, like, well, yeah, yeah, it's unrealistic. So so for all of you out there, I will say this. Reviews feed my soul. Even bad reviews feed my soul. Because I love knowing that you read. The only kind of reviews that I don't like is when it's like, I DNF'd at page 18. I'm like, then you didn't read my book. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, and if you just want to put DNF at page 18, that's fine. But don't give me a three page critique of the first 18 pages. Cause no cause, kidding. Cause it's romantic suspense. And the first 18 pages are supposed to be kind of traumatic. <laughs> You're building. And, it's all part of the building. That's funny. But yeah, like take the time. Yeah. Even Agreed. even if you write three words, take the time. It's in your app. Yes, hundred mm-hmm. percent. And unfortunately, we live in an age where it's absolutely essential. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, moving on. Did we do forbidden love? We did not. Okay, forbidden love taboos and lies are the heart of this trope. Religion or family feud? Kind of Romeo and Juliet or Shakespeare and love would be a good example. Yeah. Now, forbidden love has as a whole gambit. You got Romeo and Juliet to the true. T- taboo of like step siblings or stepbrothers yes. you know like like yes it, it it can be anything from class to relationship to family to nationality or anything like that and or even uh another one that you see a lot of in the mafia where you've got two completely different families, families or yeah. something and mm-hmm. and so falling in love i guess it would be that would be a kind of a romeo and juliet so for me i enjoy when forbidden love is not just the the meeting trope where it is the story as well because i feel like sometimes the forbidden love is just thrown in as a like oh we haven't dated before because of this thing but now we're going to and it's fine and it's like no 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 if you're going to use this trope it should be a part of the storyline there there should be complications because of it there should be hurdles to overcome there should be guilt otherwise so you're, it's you're just... talking about an internal reason for it to be forbidden other than all 
obvious uh, physical reasons. Yeah, no, I mean, do you have an example? Something that you've read? An example is someone used forbidden love, but it was a situation where they were in their early 20s when their parents got married. So their steps have... Oh, okay. And I'm like... They're eh? not related by blood in any way. They're not related by blood by any way. They didn't grow up together. They didn't like form a sibling bond. They didn't, you know what I mean? So you're just throwing it in there to get a dirty thrill. Like, you know, you know, like. Right, right. And honestly, who, what parent of an adult child is going to be like, you guys didn't meet until you were in your mid twenties, but no, you should not be. No. And I mean, maybe you might be like, well, if we break up, then it's kind of hard at you know, family holidays. Yeah. All right. That I'll give you, but not the, not the, oh, we can't with stepsisters. <laughs> Brother is like, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I agree with you. I think, uh, I definitely prefer the stories where there's some serious angst involved in yeah. this forbidden love. You know, there has to be, you know, one that I've seen often or read often is where there's um, dislike where there's someone's been wronged. So you can't go out with that person's brother because they wronged your sister or your cousin or, or their father know, or, did or, you know, exactly. Or grandfather even. I mean, you can yeah. take it back even further. I see that one quite a bit. Yeah. And, and and that's more well. fun. That's like it is. It is fun. It's not internal angsty stuff. It, it's just it's that's scandal. the spice that I'm okay with. Exactly. The scandalous thing. It, it can be quite fun. But again, the family should be mad at them for getting together. Right. It shouldn't just be like a one and done. And th- I guess that's true of any trope. Don't bother to throw it in there if you're not going to build the story around it. Right. Because we've all seen the books where it's like, how many tropes can I shove inside this book? Yes. Well, and Just some to of this. sure I get as big an audience as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone will want this book. <laughs> you know, it's a show again, but I have to mention it. And it's called Jane the Virgin. And I don't know if you've heard of Jane the Virgin. I've heard of it. I have not. Oh, seen it. my gosh. I have never laughed so hard because you're right. As we're doing these podcasts, when we were, when we first started with number one and two, <laughs> talking about genres and tropes that show has every single one of them and every single episode brings in another trope and it's so funny i'm like oh there's the blah 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 and my husband and my daughter are like huh what i'm like oh yeah this is this is when this and this happens I'm like oh <laughs> just you know they're it's, not even sneaky it about that it tv shows are hard now you know like once i started writing and started taking writing classes and slot classes and everything like that i have to admit that sometimes like a movie will come on our tv show come on and i'll be like oh i know it's gonna happen yes <laughs> like i recognize I, that trope <laughs> yep oh actually it's every single thing i watch it's uh we'll literally say what they're gonna say next and we we it's kind of a running joke in our house now i'll say nailed it <laughs> <laughs> my husband's starting to get good at it too <laughs> that's pretty scary Oh dear. Right. Okay. okay. Where are we? So we are at first love seeks out or is reunited with their high school or first love. This I can see. be taken two ways. One, it could be the initial actual first love or the second chance love where we were young and we were dumb and we were in love and it didn't work out. But now that we're adults. Mm-hmm. And again, this is one of those tropes that works well for shorter stories. Mm-hmm. I, it, it doesn't need a shorter story. It just works well with shorter stories because again, 
you have the implied history and the implied relationship that's already there. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I also find it a very common theme for YA, obviously. Yeah. But this can also come out in other things that we, not necessarily other tropes, but even like alien love, interplanetary. I mean, it's all, you know, oh, I never found anyone I needed on Earth, but all of a sudden I got shipped off to Zandaland and found... I can't remember this. I think it might have been part of Evangeline Anderson's series where... She's got a lot of alien uh, cultures that are part of a interstellar brides program. Oh, okay. She had a she had a series called The Virgins, and what it was was the women had some like apparently this particular races had been to Earth and left behind little children. Okay. And so the women who paired to this particular race had some of that blood in them and they were never attracted. Like they only get attracted to their mate. So oh, they tried dating, okay. they tried, you know, it okay. wasn't necessarily that they were all actual virgins, but yeah, more of they, that. They had a prescribed destiny mate. They had a prescribed destiny mate, but gotcha. it was to the point that they weren't, you know, they were asexual up until the point that they met right. their uh, mate. Interesting. So that, that was fascinating yeah you know i mean don't get me wrong i personally find asexual love absolutely fascinating Mm -hmm. but then for it to you know to mix with the true mate trope that which i think we have further down the list here somewhere (laughs) yeah oh i'm sure i'm sure we do um all right let's see menage is next so we have ff M menage we have and we have we and we have mmf and then we can have MFM. There we go. For those of you listening who don't necessarily know the difference between, say, MMF and MFM, obviously we've got male and we've got female. And so if you have MMF or FFM, then um, two females and a male or two two males males and a female. female. However, if you do FMF, it means that the women only interact on a sexual level with the male. Oh, okay. And the same thing with MFM. M or wait, yep, MFM. Yep, yeah. Yep. The the men only interact with the woman on a sexual level. But if you do MMF, it means that they all interact um, sexually. So someone's bisexual, at least. Gotcha. Okay. I don't know if this is necessarily a how they met trope, but I have seen a lot of good books done where like there's an established couple that brings in third or or something okay. like that. I'm writing a menage right now, so I'm full on in on this. It's complicated to write menage and I have a lot of respect for people who write menage because if you do it well instead of just having one relationship to deal with you have three absolutely because you know between the male and the male between the male and the female one and female and male two and female you know yeah and balancing acts and so here's a question for you when writing uh menage do you write it from the third party voice or do you find it easier to write from first pov first and second so all my books so so first of all i will never write in second and while i have read one book in my lifetime written in second that was good all the rest of them were horrible Okay. But anyway, that being said, I write mostly in third person for romance. I know that a lot of people like 
first person in romance, but I, I go deep POV with third person. So it's like being in for first person, but not. Gotcha. So you're writing the menage in the same format then? Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. What it is, though, is it's a limited POV. So I, instead of flipping back and forth, male, female, male, female, like I normally do, it's sometimes it's going to be female, male, male chapter wise and sometimes if the story needs it it's just going to be two separate scenes or one of the men might get skipped right Um, gotcha okay so not to be sexist but the woman's more important Well, I think in romance, there is, uh, I don't know if it's specifically said or stated anywhere, but I, I know with certain companies, they prefer the story to be told from the woman's perspective, or at least half or more of the story told from the woman's perspective. I will tell you that up until recently, unless it was LGBTQ romance, I did not like, I would be willing to read a book that was purely from the woman's point of view, but I would not have been interested in reading a book totally from the man's point of view. Right. And part of that has to do with the fact that in general, romance is a fantasy for us. Yes. And me as a woman, I want to see that fantasy through the woman's eyes. However, I recently, all right, Joe Arden and Laura Blakely. Lauren Blakely writes some funny, funny, funny romance. Like, if you want to burst out laughing and embarrass yourself while you're in public, she's the one you should read. Um, Or one of the ones you you should read. I see one of their books, How to Get Lucky. Yeah. So Joe Arden is actually a audiobook narrator. Okay. And they decided to co-author a book together. Oh. And I'm going to assume it was on the whole mostly written. There's obviously a um, an actual book for it, but I think it was written with the audio in mind because Joe Arden narrates it. <laughs> even though he wrote it. And he's he's a very, very talented uh, narrator. And it was completely from the guy's point of view. I did not know that going in. And had I, I known it going in, I would not have gotten it. I have to be totally honest. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, good. So you're pleasantly surprised. So I was pleasantly surprised. But a lot of times when something is totally from the male point of view, it's not, like I said, a male male or, or something like yeah. that. I think we lose some of the emotion we lose you know we lose some of the oh i agree and it's funny because you know i've recently come out with a new series under a different pen name and i've had some really interesting comments and one of them was from a friend of mine who's who's a guy who read them and said you know have you ever considered writing a scene where he tells her to do such and such and it was a very male fantasy scene <laughs> okay because there's no woman on earth who I, that I know of that wants to spend an hour licking some guy's balls. I'm sorry. <laughs> and he said, that would be a great punishment. I'm like, punishment. Good. I'm glad you preceded it with that word. <laughs> I said, I'm writing for fem- for women as a female fantasy. That what you just said is a guy's fantasy. That's the difference. Which is why you can't write this book. He laughed. He thought, he's like, wait, 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 wait. And I said, no, 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 no. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> And you know what? If done well, it sure. probably could make a good scene. Um, oh, absolutely. But it's it was just funny because... But yes, no, it is. Well, a perfect it, example. it goes back to what we always talk about in that we want our heroes to be realistic. 
To a point. <laughs> to a point. Yeah, exactly. We want them to talk and act and be men. And most of the time we want them to be alpha men or, or you know, whatever in, in our stories. But we also want them to have the flowery. Yeah. <laughs> we want to believe that inside their heads, they're not just thinking about the game or what they did five minutes ago or, hey, yes. look, there's a car that's really cool. Like We want them thinking, she is so lovely. <laughs> Yes. Yes, we do. I would burn down the world. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Now you nailed it. Okay, so um, that takes us to Frenemies, which we've kind of talked a little bit about, but this yeah. is more lighthearted, I think. Um, yeah, I think I think this is more, I see this more as a girl with sass or, <laughs> or a guy with, you know, like they're friends, but they riff each other. Yes, it's almost, um, you know, I've, I've read books where the uh, work environment, where they're both going for the same position. So there's this concept constant, not negative, but antagonistic quality to the interactions, which I think is a lot of fun. So rivalry, banter, teasing, lots of fun, little bit of heat. It's all good. Yeah, and, it's and a fun I think story. It's, it's a spark. And once again, you have a pre-existing relationship that you can go in. Correct. Yeah, but, for sure. Right. And there's, um, I'm trying to think of her name. She is just actually got a, an email in today from her, but uh, a newsletter. But she, um, that's exactly what she writes is that kind of office, inter-office conflict type story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fun for sure. Yeah. The next one I love. I, it's not that I love them. I just love that this is a trope. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish I could say that I hadn't read a lot of books that use it in that. <laughs> And Stockholm Syndrome aside, I have seen some fun twists put on this, mostly an erotic romance where, oh, I can't remember the name of the story, but basically it was twin sisters and one had hired a BDSM fantasy company. No way. To kidnap her because she wanted to experience it. But then she changed her mind and she had to go somewhere for work and the sister was watching her dog and she (laughs) forgot to cancel it. That sounds awesome. Sister got kidnapped and the sister thought she was vanilla, but you know, found out she was about an hour into the kidnapping. She's like, you know, this is pretty good. And the thing (laughs) was, she knew her sister had done this. So she knew what was going on. Right. Problem was that the sister had prearranged her safe words and her other words, and she didn't know them. (laughs) Oh. That's that's so much fun. Yeah. So I mean, it and and it was erotic romance, and it it was very much hung in cheek because, of course, the guy kidnapping didn't was like the best friend of the owner of the company, and was just standing in for the ones like mm. he, he didn't usually do this for a living, so of course he wasn't a player, right? Uh, y- you know, serendipity. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're not supposed to have sex, but but you know, unusual circumstances. So strong. It's, yeah. <laughs> Ah, that's great. But yeah, so I like kidnapping when it's done tongue in cheek or I could see it maybe as like a French resistance or something like if they you know like I kidnap you to make your family give in to the demands. Well you can oh, even I don't look like at my uh, family either. You know like <laughs> Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I, I think about the Outlander series. Like I read the books years ago before it ever came out. Yeah. And really, I mean, the Scots take Claire prisoner immediately. Mm-hmm. I know the guys are protecting her from the English. Right. But it doesn't take them long to figure out exactly what they're doing with her. And at that point, her life becomes someone else's. Right. You know, so you could, you know, historically, it can be a lot of fun, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Marriage of convenience. So I'm not, I mean, I I know there's a lot of historical marriage of convenience and that sort of things, but if I, if I group in fake marriage yeah, or fake fiance or fake. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of this trope. It just, it doesn't trigger the happy spot for me. Well, so it, I, I feel like it triggers the same spot for me that normal kidnapping would in that you're stuck. And I think it's great. You know, if, if you add in a slow burn romance from that, where they come to love each other. Okay. Mm -hmm. But again, in a historical sense. Well, and I uh, usually, so a historical sense, it wouldn't be considered convenience. It would be compromised, right? So marriage of of compromise because the woman will have been compromised. And so therefore the marriage has to happen. Bridgerton, which I've been told that the book's are quite different than the new series that Netflix has put out. But as a perfect example, the lead character is that she she becomes compromised. And so she the marriage is demanded. Right. And in upper in the upper echelons of society, uh, in historical books, we all want to imagine that when you're compromised, you're compromised by someone that you're you actually have feelings for that you love, and that this is all going to work out for you in the long run. But the truth of the matter is, is that you know, if historically, I'm sure it was often not like that in the slightest. But that's again, like you said, reality adjacent, reality fantasy. adjacent. Exactly. And so I like to imagine, I, I was actually teasing another author a couple of days ago, and I said, I imagine when I visit Scotland, that there's going to be gorgeous men in kilts everywhere, because she lives there. And she said, I'm sorry, I don't mean to disappoint you. And I said, stop, stop right there. I have an image in my head, don't ruin it for me. <laughs> I will say I went to Ireland and I fly across the Atlantic. I know that I am landing in Ireland, or at least I'm supposed to be landing in Ireland. And I get off the plane and there were men in kilts everywhere. And I'm like, I I honestly, I looked around, I'm like, did did, did we take a detour? (laughs) And apparently it was the national football, uh, soccer, whatever it is, Ireland versus Scotland game was that day or or that weekend or whatever. So the airport was full of men in kilts men in kilts and and i will tell you that while mixed within those men there were a few that i was like hello (laughs) the majority of them i was like okay all right yeah you go you 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 wear that kilt (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome but to the trope i'm gonna go to one that i love which is the i need a fake boyfriend i need a fake fiance i need a fake husband okay and that i love where it's like a stranger or you know i've seen everything from girls getting hit on at the bar and she just wants to have a night and like some guy comes in and he's like this is my fiance you know like and he saves her and then they just hang out and then they you know go to the girl's cousin is marrying like her her ex-fiance cheated on her with her 
cousin and now the cousin and her ex-fiance are getting married and she has to go to the wedding so mm. she wants to bring a super hot guy oh yes you know like so, a, so a, a friend a of her sets date. her up right. with a friend or something like that and is like yes those are those are awesome or the rich billionaire can only access his money if he gets married by the age of 26 yeah that's a common a common theme so it's like hey you poor college student yeah i'm vaguely attracted to you so uh, you're it i'm vaguely attracted to you and you seem honest so let's do it i'm gonna marry you you, regardless (laughs) of the possible legal consequences that might have Oh, I love it. Um, but no, no, no. This is going to be, well, I, I've seen everything from, oh, this is going to be totally platonic. I love you too. You know, it's, oh, no, no, no. And 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 we're going to be having sex the whole time, you know, <laughs> like depending yeah. on the heat level of the story. Though, La- Lonnie, Lonnie Linvale, I, I don't know how to say her, their first name. She, she's got a lot of um, biker books. She had an awesome book where basically a super geek had uh, committed a crime and, and was going to go to jail and he needed someone to basically house sit and watch his dogs and take care of his computers and finances while he was in jail. And so he finds this girl on the street who's super hot and he's attracted to and he basically sets it up so that only she can see an ad to be not a fake, but like, you know, marry me for the seven years that I'm in jail and you'll leave with, you know, all this money and everything like that. And she has a question. So she goes to visit him in jail and then they fall in love while he's in jail. And then he ends up getting out early and they end up staying married. But it, it is, it's just a great twist on the fake I mean, it was obviously a real marriage, but... Yes. Uh, well, that's like the same thing for people with, you know, that was a real popular theme in the 90s, I think, green card romance. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't ever read one of those. I have read one of those and it was um, it was interesting because it was a slow burn, obviously. And there's lots of... It, it, so before they come together, there's more story before they come together. Mm-hmm. But once they do come come together, it's like it's this wonderful, solid, you know, we're in it to win it kind of thing. And so it was enjoyable uh, for sure. It also makes me think of... I just read one recently too where there was a... It was... So, in fact, I just finished it and I can't even think of the name, which is terrible. But uh, motorcycle, a mafia king decides to take out a motorcycle gang because they had tortured him, caught and tortured him. But that's not obvious from the beginning. He, all hmm. we know is that he hates the motorcycle gangs and he hates what they stand for and how they treat women and blah, blah, blah. Hmm. So in order to make things right, they're going to set up a fake marriage. So the head of the motorcycle gang shows up at the head of the mafia guy's house and basically presents him with a bunch of eight by 10 glossy photos of all the women that he could potentially marry, that they could offer him as a, as a gift, right? Mm-hmm. And he's being forced into it by the rest of the family at gunpoint to make this choice. So mm-hmm. he picks a girl based on her photo and they have this fake wedding and they end up falling for each other. But his he's interesting because one of the things I liked about this book was they made dark love okay, right? He's a shithead, mm-hmm. but I love him anyways. I'm attracted to him. Yeah. It works for me, right? This is this is this is the kind of person I want to be with. Yeah, no, and as long as it's not victimization, yeah, it, it, yeah. you know what I mean. Like, I don't want to say abusive 
abusive because somebody will be like, somebody will say, oh, that behavior is abusive no matter what. But it's more if the person's not a victim. I mean. Yes. And and they're not. And it was is it one of those what you would say he burns down the world for her, right? Yeah. Yeah. True, yeah. true love is not a man who will stand between you and the world. It's a man who will burn down the world for you. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, so that takes us to the partners, partners in crime. Partners in fighting crime. Yeah. So, so cops, like detectives, lawyers. Firing. But basically two people who work together intimately on a daily basis. Something sparks them from friends to more than or lovers or something like that. I'm okay with this trope. I don't think it does anything for me in particular one way or the other, except for that, again, it, you know, you have a built-in relationship. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, I met my husband and we started working together six months later in a in our private practice. Yeah. And, and we worked together. Actually, we kind of joked about it when COVID hit because we like <laughs> heard about everyone struggling being home with their spouses and mm-hmm. that divorce rate went up and people were hating each other. We were laughing because nothing had changed for us. Yeah. Like we, now, um, I mean, I'm divorced now, so obviously it didn't work out. But I worked with my ex-husband and it. we had to actually go to our managers and go, you have to separate us. And and part of it is, is it, it wasn't an equal balance right it was it was a situation where i was the lead and he got transferred onto my team to help out during a crunch period and i i even pointed it out when they first did it i was like oh, i don't think this is a good idea and they're like oh don't worry you won't be in charge of his raises or his reviews so it'll be fine mm. <laughs> yeah two days later i was like nope nope it's not fine if you want to save my marriage you'll separate us <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, Exactly. But that aside, like, I I think it, the partners thing it, it become you know it's i enjoy it only when it becomes something like two cops and then in a situation where they're supposed to be partners now that they're romantic like one of them get, becomes an idiot and is like oh no you can't go into danger anymore or you, you know and then that becomes yeah. something they have to overcome i haven't read any books on this particular topic and the only thing that really comes to my mind is a show that my husband watched called blue bloods mm-hmm. where the youngest son uh ends up dating and falling in love with his partner. Oh, I mean, there's, I mean, Grey's Anatomy, like all the medical shows, all the cop shows, all the, like they have at least one, if not right. hundreds of relationships between, and uh, in general, it doesn't end well. Uh. No, no, that's true. And so, like you said, if we're re- writing reality adjacent fantasy, right. I think that particular topic would be difficult yeah, it's difficult. I, and you, I think it's one of those things where you have to address it in a realistic manner, but have the outcome be the fantasy. Right. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, you know, they struggle, but then they overcome and it's all uh, rainbows and sunshines at the end. <laughs> Perfect. Which takes us to prom date or yeah. basically the teen plot. Yeah. And it to me, it's the choosing choosing one above all the others, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we definitely we di- recently went through the series Glee with our daughter because she loves music and dancing. Love and it. love it. Uh, oh, yeah. And and of course, she fell in love with um, Finn, who actually uh, his the actor's aunt 
is a client of ours. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we got to hear a lot about uh, what it was like for him, his journey in the show and blah, 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 um, before he had his uh, terrible accidental end. Yeah. But, I, I was um, going to say. He did. <laughs> he did. Um, however, I mean, him and Rachel get engaged in grade 12. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you kind of, yeah. you know, there's, there's all really that. work out that well for them. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. But it's kind of iconic. You know, yeah. it's uh, the theme. And I wish they had stopped Glee when they left when when the like after four years. Like yeah. I'm not saying that there weren't good episodes after that. It was just it became a different show. Yeah, I had a, I can't remember. I think it was season four. Is that the season when they brought in the new singers uh, mm-hmm. to the high school? And it was just like yeah, that was hard. I yeah. have to agree. I didn't fall in love with any of those new characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's the what's her roommate's name? Uh, the guy who's who's gay and his boyfriend. I I loved them. Yes. I, yes. I, and and now I feel like a horrible Glee fan because because you were asking me the name, I can't think of it. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's okay. Hey, Rachel and Finn, there's two. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I I just adored those characters and I loved their relationship. I loved how they Kurt, them. Kurt. Kurt um uh, was Jesse? Well, Jesse was Rachel's guy. Late like she dated him briefly. What was his name? Blaine. Blaine. I'm like, I'm like the warbler. Blaine was a warbler. Yes. Adorable. Yes. I yeah. will I, Puck was still my I'm sorry. I love Puck. Oh yeah. Yeah, the bad boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I never really liked Sam though. <laughs> I have remember, to admit it. I just remember Santana singing "Fish Lips." Well, I love that he was like <laughs> he was basically a stripper. I was like, all right, all right, you go, guy, all right, whatever. Uh, oh, anyway, yeah, oh, it was adorable. But I mean, what? I, I mean, there you go. So there is, you know, here's a couple of older gals. And we both love Glee. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the prom date, the the teen plot, the king and queen. The honestly, it was the mashups for me, but it, it wasn't yeah. actually the plot. It, it was the music for me. But oh yeah, they they killed Journey. I mean, they just did so good. Yes. Um. And I... Brittany, I loved Brittany. Oh yeah, yeah, she was great. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. But to get back to what we started, uh, which is the prom date, which is it's the it's the suspense. It's the will he won't he it's the being chosen above all others, you know, and it could be seen in little ways where like you could even technically take the trope down to, you know, you're sitting at the bar and someone asks you to dance like it's right. that it's that feeling of being picked of right. being a special one of being good point that. neither of us re- reads much ya romance so right you know what that's what we need to do we need to find a ya romance author yes to talk to because i i know we're going to be talking to a couple of romance authors in future episodes yes i don't think we have a ya romance not yet but we will we just have to find one Mm -hmm. so feel free to make suggestions absolutely if for anyone listening if you've got a favorite ya author or if you are a ya author and interested in coming on the pod or ya romance we are romance romance author who would like to come on and sell us on the beauty that is ya romance Absolutely. We would love to have you on. We would. All right. So I think we've talked about shared pasts a lot in other things. Uh, soulmates. Okay, come on. Soulmates, faded mates. I'm sorry. I'm a hooker for this. I like I just... <laughs> 
I yeah. think the most iconic example is the notebook by uh, what's his name? He wrote uh, letters to John. Yeah, uh... he's done. I call him the big so sappy romance plots um mm-hmm. uh but i mean you put them into books or into movies from the books and they they do extremely well but the notebook jane castell does a series called the sisters of kilbride and those are really good for that particular soulmate type of romance yeah um i like it i like i i, I like i said i'm a hooker for it i like yeah, I, me too i will as long as and and i am going to state this because I love faded mates, but you still have issues. You know what of I mean? Course. Like you've got this overwhelming drive. You've got this overwhelming urge to be with them, but that doesn't mean you're happy from the minute you lay eyes on them, you know, no. until you've got popped out two kids when you live in the house. I also don't like where they take it to the point that you couldn't resist the drive. Mm. Uh, so um, I don't even know where we are anywhere um as far as what we've talked about but omegaverse okay i enjoy many omegaverse stories in that it's a fascinating concept um but i also despise many omegaverse stories because it's basically your own body turning against you and forcing you to do something you don't want to do going into heat I see what you're saying. An involuntary so, response. Right. Okay. So um, I am not a fan of you meet your mate and you go basically into heat and right. sucks to be you. <laughs> I read a Lion Shifter book by Piper Stone that was a lot like that where they were that predestined mates, but until he, until he was in that form. Right. She didn't know it. And then she could like feel him and smell him and it had this effect on her body that she couldn't control. Yeah. Brides of the Kindred is a series, alien series. Yeah, it's and and I, I was pretty sure it was Evangeline Anderson, but I was like, oh, I can't remember right now. <laughs> Where they when they're within a certain proximity of their fated mate, they start dream sharing. Oh, okay. And so in dreams, they get pretty hot and heavy. I read a vampire book that was like that. Which then when they finally meet, you kind of got the attraction and the whatever. But it's not a, well, actually, it's kind of funny because I'm fine with it because the guy can't be with anybody else, but the girl can choose. (laughs) Oh, I like it. I might have to admit that I need to rethink that. (laughs) (laughs) That I'm like, perhaps i have a double standard (laughs) that is so funny because i do i hate books where you know it's like oh because my body tells me so i have to do it now they don't have to have relations with the person and they and they don't have to join with them but they can no longer function Mm. for other women right so that's what i mean by they the guys don't have a choice is is right you know yeah i hear that interesting you know no matter no matter what players they may have been before after meeting their it's, they, they've been snipped so to speak pretty much <laughs> which we've oh, mentioned i think we've mentioned before or we might mention in a future episode uh my horrible distaste for uh cheating or anything like that in a yeah. book so yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, same. <laughs> i might be okay with it <laughs> and if that makes me have a double standard Oh, well, I I might have to just live with that. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's good to know who you are. Uh, you know, <laughs> I accept my flaws. There you go. Um, I'm perfectly imperfect is what I tell myself all the time. Yeah. All right. Last one, prearranged marriage. Yes. And and I think we talked a little bit about this already. Well, and you see a lot of it in, like, again, mafia stories. Uh, you see it a lot in uh, stories that are historical. You see it a lot in... Uh, wealth, right? Um, mm-hmm. Raffaella Roel, uh, a neat lady. She has lived in different countries around the world, mm-hmm. um, but she's primarily was raised in Italy and now lives in England. But she wrote Ice Spice and Red Lace, and it was an Italian prearranged marriage. And I loved it because all the way through the book, even though she's like readily accepted her position, she fights it all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> I just love her spunk. I could just see Raffaella writing it. I could just picture it just having so much fun. And I, I, I know that was recently on special for 99 cents. I'm not sure if it still is or not, but definitely worth a read. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've, I've seen, is it wrong that I'm a fan of the prearranged marriage when it's the, wo- the woman or the guy is escaping a prearranged marriage and then they stumble across someone else? I think that's great. See, that's a trope I, I, I can get behind where it's like, Me too. you must marry this person. <laughs> <laughs> and then take off and then, you know, you find some, you just stumble across, you know, a very hot lumberjack in a cabin in the say, woods right before yep. it snows and you get stuck inside. So, hey. Oh, that sounds like you and I read the same book. <laughs> um, she, uh, she, she leaves her wedding and she's still wearing her dress and drives as far as she can go and runs out of gas. <laughs> stumbles into a bar and happens to witness a murder and then they're after her and she gets rescued just before the snow hits no no um that that's not the one that i was thinking of i think one was like she ran away from her she ran away i've I've read a couple of them one where she ran away from her wedding where she was in like a a leprechaun green dress because her mother-in-law because they were getting married on saint patty's day and then she like hid in the back of someone's car and then got stranded with them in the at a ranch and oh, i think okay. that's part of the montana daddy series and then another is car accident get picked up by the lumberjack yes i just yeah. read one of those too i thought it was jane henry but i'm going through her books and i don't see it so it couldn't have been her no i i there that's one that's done a lot but i you know what that the shut in by nature we we didn't have on our list like shut in by nature like well that's kind of forced proximity though. yeah i guess forced proximity yeah Um, yeah there's a lot of them that we didn't have that though we we forced proximity was not a meat trope though no i'm talking about for meeting it could we i've read plenty of books where it's like you know i'm traveling in a snowstorm and i get stuck and right and that's how we met or a car accident and that's how we met right or, uh, accidental meet an accidental meet yeah yeah that's not on here nope well, let's do a thing you brought it up then oh you know hey i'm, I'm good for something i'm adding it to our <laughs> list <laughs> So, All right. Well, we've come to the end of our apparently not as extensive list as we thought. We hope you'll join us next week. Thank you for listening to Coast to Coast Romance. I'm Ann Jensen. And I'm Skylar West. If you'd like to contact either of us, our links are located in the show notes. Have a great week. Thanks so much for joining us. <laughs>